0: Hi, my name is Natasha. I am a mom of four. I am a teacher. I am a business owner. I am so many things. And sometimes wearing so many different hats could be a little stressful. So I'm coming to you to represent all the moms in the world and let you know that it's okay to wear many hats but it's important to recognize yourself and care for yourself before you put on those different hats and caring for others. I've been married for over 12 years. I have four beautiful children. My oldest is 12. Her name's Olivia. My second oldest is is Makai, and he homeschooled our children. We had just purchased a home in a different city and uh, had placed our kids into public school system. And we were not too happy with the results of placing our children in the public system it was hard for them, it was an adjustment, especially from moving from a different town. And it wasn't the beginning of the school year. It was, the school had already started for them. So to start a new school and, you know, have to get into the bustle of things and moving, I can understand why it was difficult for them. More so for my oldest daughter, Olivia. I had went to the school multiple times and, you know, my commute for work at that time was about an hour and a half to get to work. So it was very difficult for me to meet with the teachers uh, frequently because by the time I got home from work, the schools were closed. And when I dropped them off to school, I was rushing to get to work. So a lot of the conversations between the school and myself was via telephone. uh, And then a few times that I had to call in late to work to go into the school. Olivia, she's very spontaneous. She's a very happy person and she has a huge heart. And when we moved here, she wanted to make friends And, uh, you know, so it was one of those um, friends today and then tomorrow, the, the girls no longer wanted to be her friend. So she would come home a lot of times, crying and upset. And I just didn't know what to do as a mom, you know. As a mom, you tell your child, you know, you'll make new friends, don't worry. Or don't talk to them. Sit at a different table. Go play with someone else during recess. And it seems so simple to say it, but to see my daughter's reaction when she came home from school every day, it was breaking my heart. And then when you add on the pressure of academics, we came from a different area. So, you know, the lesson plan of obviously was different and there was things that my daughter just did not understand. And when, asking the teacher if and why she didn't recognize that my daughter had an issue because her grades were not great, you know. She would get a 20 on on classwork or she would um not do her work at all in the classroom. The teacher really didn't seem concerned and didn't have an answer. So that was the first sign and um, I decided to ask the school for uh, extra assistance so that Olivia would have s- extra help and that she would either have a teacher that comes in the classroom to assist or a teacher that during recess instead of Olivia taking recess she would be in class you know Getting the extra help that she needed. And when speaking with the administrators, they said that they didn't have that option. Uh, The previous year, um, I guess the board had decided that that wasn't in their budget to provide extra assistance to the kids. But they did say to me that after January, I guess you would say going into third marking period, if she was failing, then they would provide after school help for her. And so we opened our minds to January and she wasn't failing, but I still put pressure on the school to still put her in the after school program, although she wasn't failing. I just didn't want to wait until she started to fail um, if I saw a decline, I was absolutely worried at that point. So they did put her in after school program, and when they did, I would ask her when she came home from school, uh, "How was, you know, your one on one?" And she explained to me that it wasn't a one on one uh, after school help; it was one teacher in the classroom with a classroom full of kids. The kids were on the computer doing their homework, talking, and the teacher was there in case someone needed her. One teacher to 20 kids after school. So when I found that out, I was a little disappointed, but again, you know, I still had Olivia attend and I told my child, you know, if you have any questions at that time, go to the teacher and ask the teacher for help. Um, In addition to that, I decided to look for a tutor. So I found the tutor that would meet me at the library. The tutor charged me $15 an hour to sit with Olivia and to help her. So that went on for the remaining of that school year from January to June. And Olivia, she had improved in her classwork uh, for third marking period, but then fourth marking period, she had declined a little as well. We were in the library from three o'clock when she got out of school to sometimes even eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. so, for me, you know, working and then getting home from work, and at that time I had transferred my job down closer to home, so I was only working five minutes from home. But to spend all of that time in the library with my oldest, and I had, at the time, I had two other kids at home my son that was eight, and he was in school, and then my four year old, that she was, of course, younger. And thankfully, my husband was home because, you know, he works overnight. So he was home. But it wasn't fair to my other children that I would come home from work and get my oldest and take her to the library and stay with her the whole evening. And by the time I came home, I was putting my other children to bed for the next day. So I wasn't too happy, and uh, I did speak to the teacher a few times. I've even had, the tutor had came with me to the school and sat with the teacher, we both did, because we didn't understand what was going on. Um, During the tutoring sessions, Olivia would confess that uh, she didn't learn this assignment and in school, she would have homework that she would say that I don't remember the teacher teaching me this or I don't remember the teacher going over this and um, it was disturbing. So after that year, my husband and I had decided that it would be best that we would try to homeschool for the summer from June to August and see how well it went. And if it didn't go well, then we would have to put our kids back in school in September. But we were determined to, to figure out what we can do as parents in the best interest of our child. So we ended up in the summertime homeschooling the kids they didn't get a break, but it was fine because, you know, homeschooling, when we went over subjects, it would take maybe three to four hours throughout the day. And they still had the majority of the day to go and play and do their own activities. So we did that from, you know, June to August and decided to draw up our letter to send to the board for September. So that's what we did and we sent the letter and we made sure that we covered ourselves. In August, because we were new to homeschooling and we do not, at the time, we didn't know anyone else that homeschool. We didn't have any friends or family or associates that homeschooled that we could ask for help. All we knew was the research that we had done in our own time. So we went to the learning store and we purchased a lot of workbooks to prepare our kids throughout the summer for what their curriculum would be and uh, spent a lot of money, hundreds of dollars on a curriculum for them. And we decided what would be the best is because we had another child that, we would photocopy all the pages of the book because we wanted to preserve the book for the next child. Um, You know, Olivia would preserve her workbook for my son when he eventually got to her grade and so forth. So it just definitely cost us a lot of money the first year in homeschooling because we really didn't know what we were doing. And uh, so we photocopied the pages there was a lot of ink that we went through we went through like maybe two printers um and we did that for the rest of the year the school year uh, and the kids you know in the beginning they were nervous they were happy but nervous they didn't know what to expect from homeschooling and they first thing they thought was they were going to miss their friends but reality was, was, they didn't really have any friends. Um, the girls that were so mean to Olivia, they're not her friend, you know. So it took um, maybe a week or two for them to be okay with it. And afterwards, they were fine. Going into the second half of the first year we started to get a little bit more in a routine Uh, and we had found the program Time for Learning. Time for Learning is a program that's offered online and the first child is $25 I believe a month don't quote me on it and they give you a discount for any child thereafter so we signed them up for Time for Learning and Time for Learning made our lives so much easier because Time for learning tracks their attendance, tracks their grades. Um, they get tests and quizzes weekly, um, and it tracks you know their assignments. If they did their assignment, if they didn't do their assignment, it was just so much better than me tracking myself and you know putting the worksheets in filing cabinets and you know testing them and and trying to figure out you know, myself, like, if they passed their test, if they failed their test. So Time for Learning was definitely a godsend for us because it allowed them to be more of a structure and an accountability, where for me and and my husband, we just basically follow up and we assist the same way we would if they were in school coming home with homework and we needed to help them. So... Time for Learning was amazing in that aspect and uh, Olivia and Makai, they adapted well. In addition to that program, we had also used a few other programs like education.com. We had paid for, I think it was like $12 a month and we still had the workbooks that we had purchased. So we still, you know, assigned those worksheets to them as well. And it was really becoming... A great thing we were able to go on vacations we were able to uh, go to museums and just spend the day out of the house whether it was at the library or museum or vacation we were able to make our own schedule and even with being out the house whether it was vacation or museum they could still come home and do their work at a later time, it wasn't a set schedule where they had to sit in front of a computer from nine to three. And that worked well. So then the second year in homeschooling, we just continued what we were doing in the first year and what we figured out what worked. And that's what I would say to people. It's like, what works for one doesn't work for another, doesn't work for another you have to figure out what works for you and what's best for your family. And we felt as though homeschooling was the best option for our family at this time. And we were fortunate enough to be able to homeschool our children. So it was something that was scary for us to start. But now being two years in, we're definitely confident that this was the best decision, and we're moved into a new year. We don't take breaks um, the same time the school school system takes breaks, so usually through the holiday, we're still homeschooling, which. Uh, the kids at first were disappointed about, like, oh, why do we still homeschool in the summertime when other kids don't? But the way that I feel, I feel like education is important. So to stop the education because it's summer vacation, you know, what's two to three hours of education throughout the day and then you still have the rest of the day to do whatever else you need to do so two or three hours a day of education is not going to hurt them and my son is very a very good example of that because he'll wake up at like six in the morning just to do all of his work and get it out the way so that he has the rest of the day to do whatever he wants to do and um on the other hand, Olivia doesn't. She, she likes to sleep in. So with her sleeping in, she does do her work a little bit longer than hoped for, but it's because she chose to sleep in. So again, what works for one doesn't work for another and it's not a bad thing in, in trying to identify what your child needs. important because not every child is going to learn the same way and going to learn at the same pace and the way that the school system is is heading or is at at this point is that they want the kids to move at the pace that they expect the kids to move and it's not allowing every kid to move along comfortably and for them to feel confident when they're testing and when they're doing certain things. So again, me being a mom, I wear so many different hats, but the biggest, most important hat that I wear and I wear it proudly is being a mom this is the best thing that could have ever happened to me uh i love my four children equally and i want the best for them more than the school system more than you more than anybody in this world so when i see their smiles when they're you know doing their work and they're understanding it and they're enjoying what they're learning and I'm able to spend more time with them and go on vacations with them and watch them grow into who they are and who they're going to become, it's the best feeling in the world. And I will say this before I I close out this uh, podcast for today, is that I've had a few people come to me and say well you know aren't you exhausted and maybe if the kids were in school then you would have more time to yourself you would have more time to process things or you know school's like a break you know i hear that a lot like your kids go to school it's a break like when the kids are home for christmas break Uh, Some parents don't know what to do with themselves because their kids are home all day and driving them crazy. So, you know, it's not easy. And I'm not saying that it's easy and I'm not saying that everybody should do it. And I will have bad days, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, My children are here and they're learning to adapt to what this world is, and they're learning to be their own individual, and they're learning that everything's not always going to be correct, they're learning that life is going to give you what you put into it, and there's a lot of important fundamentals for our children to learn that they're just not learning in public school. So, I don't bash it. I've always wanted to be a teacher myself. And, um, you know, I really do hope and pray that the school systems get better. And this isn't everywhere. Just where I live currently, I, I'm not too satisfied. But who's to say if I was to move to a different state or a different town that my opinion may change? I'm not opposed to putting my kids back in school. It's just right now. I'm living in the moment and I'm enjoying it. And my kids are too. So this podcast, you know, is my first and I look forward to having guests on that vocalizes their opinions as to homeschooling and not homeschooling and just, you know, being a mom and what that means to them. And understanding that, again, it's okay for you to wear multiple hats, as mentioned earlier. But it's important for you to be okay with those hats and know that the first hat is yourself taking care of you as a mother, as a person, as a woman. And as long as you're able to take care of you, then all those other hats will be placed on your head perfectly. So that's my time for today. And I appreciate you for listening. And I love to hear your thoughts. So if you have anything that you would like to add on or chime in, feel free to do so. Until next time. From me as a mother to you as a mom. Hi guys, this is Natasha. Thank you for coming back and listening. Today uh, is part two of wearing many hats. So in the previous episode, I explained how, you know, one of my hats as a mother and as a person is, uh, you know, I, I'm a homeschool mom. I homeschool my four children and the adventures, the steps that I had to take to get there, to start homeschooling. And, um, You know, so today I want to introduce my second hat um, that has been very dear to me was, you know, starting my own business as a realtor. So I want to say that I've always had the entrepreneur mindset. Uh, You know, me and my husband has always thought about what steps we were going to take to start our own business um, and how we were going to incorporate that business into a family business so that our children could benefit from that business and you know our when we're long gone our kids can benefit from this business our grandchildren our great-grandchildren and just becomes a generational uh a business for um, everyone that everyone's benefiting from so You know, uh, last year um, or actually the year before I turned 30 and at that age of 30, I decided I wanted to switch things up a little bit. I decided that, you know, working for a a company was something that was great and I've always uh, think that I've been successful with any company that I worked for. I've always went above and beyond. I've always proven myself where I've gotten plenty of promotions in the past 10 years of my life um, where my husband will always say to me, well, if you're investing all this time and energy into making that company great, what's stopping you from making your own company and making it great? So that being said, you know, uh, 2017, the end of 2017, uh, had given birth to our fourth child. And I was working in the banking industry. And at the time, I was working six days a week. And um, although, you know, it was um, a a job that was nine to five, sometimes maybe uh, nine to six, it still was pretty exhausting six days a week you know, working and uh, not being able to be home for my children. So, decided that once I went on maternity leave um, and gave birth to my fourth child, that I would not be returning back to work. And it was exciting. It was exciting to be able to spend time, more time with a newborn at home, because You know when you have you know a child and they give you maybe 12 weeks that you're out of work um, and that's including the month before you give birth and then they give you like a month and a half after you give birth so technically you know you're going back to work before the the child is you know is really uh, sets in that the child is is here So I was excited, I was excited to stay home. I I, I was thankful that my husband had uh, supported me on that decision to stay home. And so in January, I signed up for real estate classes uh, so that I could um, proceed to getting my real estate license. So in January, I signed up for it and I had to do 75 hours of real estate um, course, uh, so it was nine to five Monday through Friday for two weeks. Uh, my husband had taken off two weeks uh, vacation time from his job so that I can, you know, focus on this dream that we both had for our families. So, uh, after the two weeks, it, you know, during the two weeks, it was just very stressful for me, it was exciting. It was exciting, it was stressful, it was all in between. It was. I didn't want to let my husband down, I didn't want to let myself down, um, because after the two weeks, we did need to take a, a classroom test, and we had to pass that test with an 80%, unless we wouldn't be able to proceed to getting the state license. So, after, you know, I took the test and, I studied so hard. I was like always coming home after, you know, with the book in my face. I studied until late at night. I studied until I couldn't study anymore. And um, for two weeks, my family really didn't have time with me because I was so dedicated in making sure that that I did not fail and unfortunately we had a midterm after the first week and by the midterm i was burnt out because every day i was doing like 300 questions a day practice quick questions practice quizzes practice tests just so that i could be ready for the midterm and be ready for the final which i kind of did it to myself because by the time the midterm came i was burnt out so the midterm came, and I didn't do as well as I I was hoping to do. And um, but I had to keep moving forward. And everything after the midterm, um, the additional chapters that we were learning and so forth was blurred. I I don't even remember what I learned. I I would sit in class, and um, we would read and read have to read a chapter, and I just didn't understand anything that I was reading, like nothing um, stuck in, nothing, nothing stuck with me. So I definitely was nervous at the final and um, because I felt like I just wasted a week, I didn't understand what was going on, I was just so lost. And um, so the day of the final, the day of the final where we had to take the test, um, my husband had to take the kids to a homeschool function and so he took the kids and put them in the car and he left I was still home preparing to get ready to go to school to take the final and as I was heading out the door I recognized that I didn't have my car keys and surprisingly enough, my car keys were in the baby bag, which the baby bag was with my husband in, in the other car, and he was already an hour away. So I just felt defeated. I felt like I was already uh, um, under stress, and I just didn't think I can do this. At 30 years old, I just felt like, I what did I get myself into? I have four children. I just resigned from my job, what did I get myself into? And um, so I called an Uber. <laughs> I, I said, you know, I'm not gonna give up, but this isn't the end, you know, I can make a way, I can figure this out, and so I figured it out. I made it to the, the testing site, I made it there, and I took the test. So when I took the test, um, you know, it was some of the things I was like, okay, I got this. I got this. It's not that difficult. It was about a hundred, I want to say a hundred and maybe 20 questions, 110 questions. I can't quite remember, but I took the test and we, the teacher allowed us to wait around to find out what our results would be. And so I did. So as I watched other people um, pass, you know, and, and they, they got their you know paper that they can go and take the state exam. And, you know, I was just sitting there like waiting. And so she called me and she, you know, explained to me that I didn't pass and that I would have to take the class exam again. And I was devastated. I was hurt. I wanted to I wanted to rejoice with the other agents or the other people that were there that were trying to take the test. I wanted to, you know, be done with it because again, you still had to take the state exam. So, I don't want to sit through another classroom exam because I have to go to take the state exam, which is another headache. But, you know, I cried in the car and um The following week I took the test again. I passed the test the second time and I was able to move forward with the state exam. When I went to take the state exam, you know, I was very nervous. I, uh, again, knew that it needed to get done and I just wanted to take it and just get it done with. So I took it and the first time I did not pass, but it didn't hurt as much as it did when I felt the first class exam so i took the second time and then i passed and the first time when i failed the state exam i failed by one point so it kind of gave me the motivation to like all right natasha get it together um if you weren't too far off you're gonna pass this so when you pass they don't really tell you what you passed by they just tell you that you passed Whereas if you fell, they tell you, yeah, you failed by one point. You failed by five points. You fell, you know. So I couldn't even tell if I passed, like, with flying colors the second time or if I passed at the, like, borderline of failing. So I was really excited that I passed. I felt accomplished. I felt like, all right, you know, this is a, I'm a step closer to being independent and being uh, what I need to be to, to, for my family. This was the beginning. So, you know, once I passed and, you know, then I had to like think forward as far as with real estate, uh, in New Jersey, you know, I'm not sure of other States, but it's a very costly, like you can't start anything. You can't practice, real estate until you pay all of your, you know, your dues. So you have the board dues, you have your insurance, you have, uh, you have to find a broker, you have to pay your broker the required fees. Um, there's a lot of fees that are incorporated. So before you even can start trying to make money, you have to come up with all of this, Money that you have to distribute out to people uh, before you're even making anything, before you're even working in that field. So at the time, as um, soon as I passed, my old realtor that had actually sold me and my husband our home had reached out to me and had said, You know, I want you to join my team. I'm starting a team and I would like you to join my team. I see that you have your license and I'm excited for you and I want us to work together. So, you know, I didn't know anything about real estate and for me, mentally, I felt like that was the best thing at the time because I I didn't know anything about real estate, I didn't even, you know, they teach you in real estate school that everything you learn after you take the test is probably like obsolete. Like, it's not really teaching you what to do when you become an agent. So I was excited to join the team. I was excited and I'll never forget, you know, she, uh, my team member came and brought me like a, a shirt and for the, the agency that I work for and, you know, had brought me, you know, a card and, you know, a motivating me and, and a bath bomb for my first closing. Like when I close on my first house, you know, I could take a nice soothing bath and know that like I accomplished something so it was really exciting it was really um, you know I was ready for the adventure so that was it. February was when I actually the end of February when I actually made the decision to join the agency and join the team and so by the time everything kicked in like my license was approved with that agency and you know I had gotten business cards I was ready to go I was excited and i um, looking forward to learning as much as I could in the first year because again this was a new this was new to me I didn't know anything besides what we all watch on HGTV <laughs> so when I look back into last year I learned a lot of things in real estate I learned that you have to have patience i learned that um, you you're representing your client in the best way that you can and the best way that you can is by overly communicating you know the expectations of the sale making sure that the client understands the, what their steps are and being making sure of that make sure like they have a consultation. You're sit down with them in the beginning and lay everything out on the table so that they're not confused and they understand what's going on and you did your due diligence. I learned in real estate also that, you know, everything's not going to be great. You're not going to find the perfect Client that is going to find the perfect house with no issues and close on that house in perfect timing. Like, that's not um, what you see on HGTV where they go and see three houses and they pick one. That's I haven't had that happen in in my first year, and I don't know if that will happen. I mean, I did have one client that knew we did look at one house. I will say that. We looked at one house. He loved that house. He bought that house, and we closed in 30 days. That was rare. (laughs) That was rare, and it was a great I will say that transaction was great. It, It went through smoothly. There were some hiccups along the way, but definitely Um, not you know I think for my first year that was definitely a great transaction I love what I do I love the interaction that I have with my clients they become more than clients it's kind of like they become family and I like that Um, in my past 10 15 years of marketing or customer service I've always been customer driven I've always wanted to build relationships with people and in this field I can do that and I and I'm appreciative of that I will say one thing I do need to work on I think is um, I'm too nice (laughs) so you know when you're you know speaking with someone and you're negotiating with someone or you know you're you're doing you know because as an agent you don't get paid until the very end You just you do have to set your expectations and you have to stick to them and don't allow anyone to gear you in a different direction how has real estate affected me in the first year with children so uh this hat has been very difficult and i discuss like wearing different hats as an individual and my my Most important hat, okay, is me and my self-awareness and my self-care. But outside of that, my children are, my family is my priority. So I think like that hat is definitely weighs heavy. So, you know, real estate was a little difficult to balance because I did have a home office. I did stay home more than i went to my agency office because i wanted to still be around my children but i found that my children still felt as though i wasn't around them even with me being in the office so like i will be in the office working for maybe an hour or two hours with the door closed and they will constantly come upstairs and constantly like mommy you know we want to see you mommy this and if i was out of the office and i had my phone and i was answering the phone every second because i had a deal or you know um, i had a client call or i had someone call me in regards to work they were like disappointed they were a little frustrated because i always had my phone with me and trying to balance that was a little difficult trying to make sure like when you go on vacation with your family that your phone work is turned off, you know, that you don't still have work on vacation because that time is valuable, you know, that time you're supposed to spend with your family. And the reason why I came into this business is because I wanted to put my family first. So definitely looking at the first year in real estate, there's some things that I can learn from going into my second year and there's some things that, you know, I definitely am going to work on and things that, you know, that I can see that worked well as well. So wearing different hats and and having children and my children definitely is my priority. Um, You know, this year in real estate, I I would do things a little different. So maybe I wouldn't, Stay in my office upstairs. I will go to the physical office for an hour or two so that I can focus better and I don't have to be interrupted and I can get what I need to get done so that I can come back home and that home time is with my family. Um, You know, so that hindered my sales a little bit. I think, like, when I look at my first year, I have so many people that have told me that I've done really well in consideration um, for my first year. Um, I had a sale, I wanna say like one every other month and that was really, you know, amazing. I really didn't start until like, I wanna say the end of March because by the time I got all my marketing stuff and everything, um, I didn't start until the end of March. So when you think April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December that was nine months so I did a sale like every other month and so I'm grateful for my mentors I'm grateful for the people that supported me in my first year and I'm looking forward to continuing Um, you know and my hope is that you know my children could watch me as a mother you know be independent because when you're an independent and you work for yourself you don't have anyone calling you Following up, checking up on you—you you don't have anyone saying, "Okay, you were late to work today," or "Did you make sure that you do this?" or "You know, did you check your email?" or "You know, did you go and call twenty people for today?" You don't have that accountability that you would have when you're in the workplace. So you're responsible for yourself, and um, it definitely isn't easy because some days. If I woke up and I didn't want to get up at eight o'clock in the morning or I didn't want to get up at five in the morning, I wouldn't, I would roll over and go back to sleep. So the accountability is definitely uh, a lesson learned, something that, you know, and the balance, making sure you balance. And I've heard it so many times in corporate America where, you know, you're at work and they say, yes, this is a great place to work because we allow you to have work life, like work home balance, like give us what we need here and you can go home and handle that there. And I really find it difficult that that is true. Like, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I definitely don't feel like the jobs I worked at had that work life balance. And, um, so being your own entrepreneur and boss, you have the ability to say no you have the ability to say yes and when you're going to work and how you're going to work. Just make sure that that time you're working, you put forth that 120% because every minute, every second counts. So that's my hat. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, in the previous podcast, I, I homeschool. That's me, you know, Um, and now, you know, my second hat is real estate and I will love as we continue these podcasts, I will love to hear, you know, different moms. I I would love to have different moms on the show that basically can tell me what their hats are because we are strong and we are fierce and we do not give up and we've endured so much. We've had babies, you know, we are always going to be there for our children regardless of the situation or the circumstance. We're fighters and I know that even a stay-at-home mom is wears a cape because a stay-at-home mom job is is they're everything. They're a nurse, they're a doctor, they're a teacher, they're Um, a chef, so many different hats that us women wear throughout our lives, and we don't give ourselves enough credit. So I thank you guys again for listening. And I want you to know that in order for your hats to fit, you have to focus and take care of yourself first. And taking care of yourself can mean anything. And, uh, you know, just remember that that's the most important thing is you taking care of yourself and your self-care in order for you to be able to take care of all of these other people and go to work and do all of these things like your hats need to all fit perfectly so that's all i have for today and i thank you guys for listening and if you would like to be on my podcast and like tell me what hat you're wearing and how you've endured The hats that you have, I would love to have you. So that's all I have for today. And until next time, pray for me. Keep your hats straight. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free.